Okay, good morning. We are doing today the seventh chapter of Ilkhoti Sodeha Torah, um, followed immediately almost by a second floor on the eighth chapter. These two chapters deal with the subject of prophecy and specifically the prophecy of Moshe Rabbeinu, which in addition to being a very, very interesting uh, theological subject and a very interesting, um, a very interesting uh, belief that, that we have under the Torah, it also is the most important basis for, for Judaism. It's uh, the Yesod on which the Torah is built. If we did not have prophecy, if we did not have the wealth, or even if wealth Moshe Rabbeinu was not what we believe it is, then pretty much the Torah doesn't make much sense. Doesn't make much sense to follow. Halach Aleph. It's one of the principles of our law to know that God can activate the human consciousness in order to bring about a certain message. which means prophecy, cannot befall other than on someone that has these three characteristics number one is sorry two characteristics he's a, a very wise person filled with wisdom someone who is 100% in control over his instincts, his attitudes, his mind. There is nothing in this world, no instinct, no desire, no, no inclination, no drive that can, that can determine his choices, but rather he himself, his choice-making self is so developed that is totally free to choose. Through his mind, he's able to make choices despite what his yes or his instinct might drive him to do. And not only is he a wise person who is, was great wisdom, but also he has, he has a very expansive awareness of the world around him, he understands um, a lot of subjects and a lot of different things, but also but not only a talk of all trades and expert none, he's but also also very, very precise knowledge base. So is this all? A person who is a, a great hacham and is this person going to receive nevoah? No, this is just one of the prerequisites. A person who is filled, invested with these characteristics. And at the same time, he also is wholesome in his physical body. Physical health is important. I'll say a word or two about that in a minute. When this person starts exploring these topics which we discussed 
in chapters 1 through 4, which are, are called Pardes. And he starts exploring these uh, very far away matters, these matters dealing with things very distant from physical reality. And he has a knowledge base and an awareness that is correct, it's precise. He has very correct epistemology, lehavin in order to be able to, to um, comprehend and to grasp. And at the same time, he consistently and constantly improves his behavior and distinguishes himself in his behavior in a way that is not what everyone else is doing, everyone who is subject to routine and to the day-to-day. -day. And he further goes now and disciplines his mind to not think about anything that he doesn't want to think about. So just, just to, to make it even clearer, Harambam here is talking of a dual track the whole time. One on, on the one hand, chokhmah, improving and increasing the intellectuality, the intellectual um, uh, abilities and, and awareness and grasp. And on the sa at the same time, on the other hand, to also improve one's behavior and develop a very, very sophisticated discipline. And right now we are merging both, and this discipline and behavior will attach to the mind. In other words, not only does this person choose what to do and what not to do, but this person now chooses what to think and what not to think. So if this person disciplines himself so much, that he is no longer thinking about any mundane things, and his mind is totally free to whenever he wants to start contemplating about those things beyond our reach. This is now a, a um, it, it's, bar, it's an expression that's borrowed. It's tied under the throne of God as if it were his mind is constantly thinking about God. To try to understand those other beings that are more distinguished and purer than we are, namely the angels. And he's able to contemplate on God's wisdom holistically, in a holistic way, what Germans call Gestalt. You know, this is a very important point in the Torah. We don't look at things outside the context. We actually believe that everything is created by the same creator. Therefore, everything is interrelated somehow. So this person, he is uh, now in, in, in his endeavors, he's contemplating upon the, the wisdom of God holistically, everything. Starting from the the highest form of Malachim, of angels, the Hayot HaKodesh, at Tabur Ha'aris, until the bottomest part of the earth, in other words, the lowliest of the low, V'yodea Mehem Godlo, and from those, he appreciates God's greatness. Again, it's not 
knowing physics or knowing astronomy or even knowing about the Malachim for the sake of knowing is not what you know, but firstly, it's how you know it. And secondly, is how you read what you know. So if you read creation to signify God, you're in the right track. Miyad, then in, uh, as a consequence, Miyad does not mean immediately, Miyad means as a consequence. Ruach HaKodesh Shora Alav. Something that is called Ruach HaKodesh, it's the, the kind of inspiration that used to be found in the Kodesh. The Kodesh is the Bet HaMikdash. It happened that whenever someone went to the Bet HaMikdash with the right attitude, the right approach, thinking of the right things, allowing certain triggers that the Bet HaMikdash was designed to have to penetrate one's mind, especially one's subconscious. An example of that is Hannah, the mother of Shmuel. So if you walk into the Kodesh, you get a certain super, um, super uh, normal, supernatural inspiration uh, that you wouldn't get just by sitting down and thinking. This Ruach HaKodesh, this supernatural inspiration, Shora Alav, immediately uh, lies upon this person. So this person, not only does he have these qualifications of Hacham and Libor, but also he goes through the Pardes and through the right process, he reads the Pardes the right way, then this person is guaranteed to have Ruach HaKodesh. Ruach HaKodesh is the same kind of inspiration you could get by going to the Bet HaMikdash with the right mindset. Gimal. And as the person receives this inspiration, this Ruach HaKodesh, his mind or his being is going to be upgraded to the level of the 10th kind of angels we describe, the ones that are called Ishim, whose level is close to human beings. And he will know there's gonna be a transformation. Knowledge has the effect when, when, when it's the right kind of knowledge, uh, especially when, when you reach the limits of knowledge, it has the effect of transforming the person. So he's going to become, he's going to know he's a different person. He's going to understand that he is not what he used to be. He's a different person. Rather, he's now upgraded and has gone beyond the level of just wise persons. He's not just a wise man. He's something above that. He thinks he has a perspective. He has a vantage point on life, on the world that is above the regular human vantage point. Kemoshene emar Shaul, as it was said about Shaul, when Shemuel led him through a very similar process before becoming king of Israel, the very first king we had, Shemuel tells him, you're going to join this, uh, this prophet apprentices that I have, you're going to join them in this activity of Nebuah, and then you're going to transform to a different person, making the point that this experience, even at the lowest level, which is Ruach HaKodesh, can convert a person to a different person. 
דלת, הנביאים מעלות מעלות הן כמו שיש בחוכמה חכם גדול מחברו, כך בנבואה נביא גדול מנביא. The prophets are not all the same, uh, the same level, just like there is different levels in wisdom. Uh, not everyone is as wise as every other wise person. So two prophets can achieve greater degrees of prophecies than other prophets. וכולן אין רואין מראה הנבואה אלא בחלום בחזיון הלילה וביום אחר שתיפול עליהם תחימה. And what's common to all of them is that the visions of prophecy that the prophets see happen at night, בחלום בחזיון הלילה, in a night vision, in other words, in a special kind of a dream, or if it is during the day, only after they lose control of their bodies and go into some kind of a trance policy. כמות שנאמר, as the Torah says about Nevi'im, במראה אליו אתוודה, that every prophet, God says, במדיאם אין אהרון, I reveal myself to the prophet, במראה through a vision, בחלום אדבר בו, and I talk to him, to any prophet, through the dream, through a dream. Hey, וכולם כאשר מתנבאים, and all of them, as they are having prophecy, איבריהם מזדעזעים, וכוח הגוף כושל. They lose control of their limbs. The limbs start shaking. In other words, there is no muscle control. And the strength of the body leaves. ועשתונותיהם מצטרפות. And their, their instincts, their, their senses, sorry, their senses um, go, go a little off. In other words, they don't know where they are. They, they can't stand. Erect, they don't have a balance. All of this to free up uh, as if it were RAM in the mind <clears throat> to be able to receive uh, and to understand that which it is being shown. As about Abraham it said, and behold, a great terror, a great darkness befell him. In other words, Abraham suddenly in the middle of the day started seeing dark, started feeling the same way we feel when there is a great terror where adrenaline overflows our body and we no longer control what we are doing. And as it is said with Daniel, I want to just point out as a footnote, this is the second time Abraham brings Daniel as an example of a prophet and describing what happens to prophets, although Harambam says elsewhere that Daniel was not a prophet. Daniel says, and my, my clarity, my awareness, my sense of knowing what's going on uh, turned into itself within me and, and was, uh, was ruined, and I, I felt like I, I had no strength anymore. Very vivid description of this, uh, of this kind of phenomenon. Things that a Navi is shown in a prophetic vision. Everything that's shown is as a metaphor. 
ומיד, as a consequence of that, subsequently, יחקק בליבו פתרון המשל במראה הנבואה וידע מה הוא. In that same vision, his mind is going to interpret it. So a Navi sees an image, and his mind, within that same vision, processes that image and makes sense of that, imbues it with meaning. כמו הסולם שראה יעקב אבינו, an example of an image in a prophetic vision would be the ladder that was seen by Yaakov, ומלאכים עולים ויורדים בו, with the angels going up and down, another footnote, angels in the Tanakh, according to Harambam, are always an indication that whatever episode is happening, is happening as a prophetic vision. והוא היה משל למלכיות, and what this came to symbolize, the angels coming up and down the ladder, are the civilizations, and how civilizations act as angels of God, and the fact that Rome climbs up the ladder of history, and then falls the Roman Empire, that's part of God's guiding history, and they are carrying out God's will, whether they know it or not, and like the like the, the, the angels, these creatures that Yehezkel saw in his vision, and this uh, boiling pot, and the flourishing um, piece of, uh, the flourishing branch, also the, the parchment that Yehezkel saw that he had to eat in this prophetic vision, and this, uh, this uh, weight that Zechariah saw, uh, I, I am sure that Harambam was very deliberate in the order in which he brought his prophecies, especially because Yehezkel is brought twice and out of order. I don't know what the order means, but I just want to point this out if anyone has any thoughts about this. And also the other prophets. And when they record these prophecies for us, for posterity in the Tanakh, sometimes they'll tell us just a vision. Sometimes, uh, sorry, sometimes there's a vision with the, the interpretation. Sometimes they'll tell us the interpretation alone. And sometimes they'll only tell us the vision without telling us what it means. Like some of the things Yehezkel and Zechariah said, I think by Zechariah he means all the prophecies about what's going to happen at the end of days. The Chulam, in all of these prophecies, or all of these things that were said by the prophets that we have in the Tanakh, or sorry, in all of the prophets, what they do have in common again is that they see things as a mashal or as a hida. A mashal is a, a parable, and a hida is some kind of a, of a riddle. It's some kind of a, it, there is a difference between mashal and hida in whether the actual metaphor is meaningful as well or not, or if it's only the meaning that we are trying to get. Het, kol hanevi'im en mitnabe'im what also all prophets have in common is that they cannot just prophesize whenever they want. 
אלא מכוונים דעתם ויושבים שמחים וטובי לב ומתבודדים. They have to focus. And then sit down and be in a good state, in a good state of mind, וטובי לב, and with their mind expanded, ומתבודדים, and outside society. They, they are having alone time, contemplation time. Some, maybe we could call it meditation in our terms. Because we know that prophecy is not going to affect someone. Not if this person is depressed. Not if this person is lazy, he's not activating his mind to its fullest. Rather from some sort of happiness, but again, Simcha here is being juxtaposed, is being contrasted to two things, to Asvut and to Atlut. So Simcha is not only, is not only uh, happiness, it, it also means a happiness that brings about proactivity, that, that, that is someone with energy. That's why the apprentices of prophecy, they always had before them, as they were engaging in this meditative stage, they had uh, instruments, like a harp, or like what we call the oud today, that's the chinor, or tof, or some sort of a, 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 a drum, the halil, the flute, and that's how they, they tried to get inspired to a point where they receive an actual nevoah, and that's what it's described in the book of Shemuel when Shaul comes to these people uh, per Shemuel's instructions, he sees that they are prophesizing. What does it mean that he sees that they are prophesizing? He sees that they are engaging in this very uh, inviting sort of meditation with music, etc., in order to hopefully achieve a state of nevoah. As if to say, they are going in this path until they receive nevoah. Like you say, you can say about someone, this person is in search of greatness. It makes sense in Hebrew. I cannot translate it with any words to English. But mitgadel is someone who is trying to achieve gedula. Like mitnabe is someone who is trying to achieve nevoah. People who try, who are going through the path of trying to achieve nevoah, first by refining their traits as a wise man and as a as a um, as a gibor, as someone who is very disciplined, and then by going into the pardes, attaining ruach hakodesh, and then uh, inviting this nevoah to come, they are called bnei hanevim. Bene doesn't mean sons of. Um, that's true in, entirely in the entire Tanakh. If you want, Moreha Nebuchim, uh, first part, seventh chapter, deals with this term. Uh, ben in Tanakh can mean son or the consequence of, which could also mean the consequence of, from the intellectual standpoint, namely the student of. So Bene Anavim is the student of the prophet. And although they do everything right, they are ready, and they go through this process of trying to invite the Nebuah, it is possible for the Shekhinah, for the Divine Presence, 
another word for another way of saying for God to activate their mind and send them a message. It's possible that it's not going to come. In other words, although Ruach HaKodesh is sort of guaranteed, this supernatural perception and way of seeing things from a different vantage point, this inspiration, Nebuah is not actually receiving a direct message from God is not a given, even though you do everything right. If I were to give an example, like having a radio, you have to have it charged with sufficient battery, it has to be strong and healthy. By the way, just to make the point we said before we make, the person's body needs to be healthy, because apparently in the why such a strong experience in the, in the, in the electrical experience that it, it needs, it necessitates the entire neurological system that we have, which takes over our, our entire body. As we know, we have neurons mostly in the brain, but we have neurons and we have nerves, which are neurons through the rest of the body. And this experience, as we said before, takes over the entire body. So if someone doesn't have a healthy and strong body, they will not be able to have such a powerful experience. This, by the way, is the reason why Rambam says Daniel, he hints to it, Daniel, uh, who was a eunuch, Nebuchadnezzar had castrated him, as they used to do with all their servants, was not able to achieve a sufficiently high level of Nebuah to be called a Navi. So, although going through this entire process guarantees Ruach HaKodesh, it does not guarantee Nebuah. It's like having a radio, you have uh, the, the right radio, you have the right, you have the, the right battery, it's charged, then you tune it, you tune it to try to receive a signal, but there may or may not be a message coming through. That's what this halakha is saying. All that we said is what's true about prophecy for all prophets, but for Moshe, Moshe is an exception, and he's our master and the master of all other prophets. What is the difference between the prophecy of Moshe and the prophecy of the other prophets? that all other prophets, they must experience this prophecy through a dream, the subconscious, that's when the brain is freest, or through a, a, a vision that comes from a trance during the day by, by losing control of one's body. But Moshe, our master, he would actually be conscious and awake, as it is said, and as Moshe would come to Ohel Moed, Ohel Moed was uh, the, the innermost part of the Mishkan in the desert. That's where the Aron HaKodesh was, the, the Keruvim. And Moshe Rabbeinu, whenever he came to the Aron, the Torah says that uh, uh, he, he would hear the voice, in other words, he walked in, standing awake, and he would, and he would, uh, he would uh, hear the voice. And then the Pasuk continues, and then Borei Olam would speak to him in that state of, uh, of awareness. 
of consciousness. Kol hanevi'im alidei malach. Another difference, very important. All prophets prophesize through, they receive this uh, message through a messenger. So they communicate somehow, they perceive somehow something that is conveyed by an angel that translates to an activation of their, of their uh, visual faculties in their subconscious. They are projected some kind of an image in their mind. They understand that, but it all comes from an angel, from a different dimension. But Moshe would not do this through an angel. Because it said about him, God himself says, I speak to him mouth to mouth, face to face, mouth to mouth. In other words, God himself. And it said also, God spoke to Moshe face to face, panim el panim, face to face. In other words, directly, without any intermediary. But Moshe was also said that he was able to see the vision coming from God, directly from God. As if to say, there is no metaphor with Moshe. So again, when an angel speaks to a prophet, the angel activates the mind of the prophet, and together they create some sort of an image, of a vision, which is the metaphor. And the prophet, with his mind, understands the meaning of this image. With Moshe Rabbeinu, this wasn't the case. God communicated to Moshe the message directly, without any image, without any metaphor. Rather, Moshe Rabbeinu saw things clearly, without a metaphor, without any parable. When God was comparing Moshe to the other prophets to rebuke Aharon and Miriam, to show them that they are not like him, he said about Moshe that Moshe saw things very clearly and not in hint or in metaphors. That Moshe Rabbeinu did not prophesy through metaphors, but clearly a clear vision. He saw the thing itself, the message itself, clearly, cleanly. Another difference. All prophets, when they have this prophecy, they, they, they have this, this terror. They are extremely afraid of this experience. Moshe Rabbeinu, Enoch, and Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't like that. That's what the Torah means when it says, as a person speaks to his friend. What does it mean to his friend? God wasn't the friend of Moshe Rabbeinu, obviously, but it means to say that just like when a person speaks to his friend, his friend, it's a friendly conversation in the sense that the friend does not uh, lose his mind, he doesn't, he's not afraid, so Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't afraid either. Like a person is not afraid from hearing when his friend talks to him. So was the mind of Moshe Rabbeinu able to perceive prophecies while he retained his entire composure. So all prophets cannot prophesize whenever they want. Moshe Rabbeinu is not like this. Whenever he wants to, Whenever he wants to, he is 
a radio that whenever it's tuned, it does receive a message, unlike the other Nevi'im. Furthermore, he doesn't need to prepare himself to further tune the radio to receive that message. He was in a constant tune, he was constantly attuned to hearing the message from God, just like angels who are not from this reality. That's why he was able to prophesize whenever he wanted. I think there is something here to do with not belonging to the dimension of time and space, therefore he could do this whenever he wanted. As Moshe Rabbeinu says to those people who came to ask him a question, wait here for me a second and let me just listen what God might describe to you. In other words, if Moshe Rabbeinu just wanted to listen, he'd know what God wanted. And this is exactly what God guaranteed about him. As it said, When uh, Amishrael received the Torah and the entire nation was in a brief state of prophecy, Hashem says to Moshe, go and tell the people, go back to your tents, in other words, go back to your life, go out from your state of prophecy, and you, however, stay here with me. In other words, Hashem is guaranteeing that he, he will stay with him um, consistently and constantly from that moment and on. So you know now that just like Am Yisrael then, all prophets, when prophecy finishes, the prophecy ends and leaves the person's mind, they go back to their daily life, le'aholam, to their tent, that aholam is actually a euphemism for their, their families and their intimate life, that is also a, a physical need, just like the rest of the people. That's why uh, prophets continue being married. But Moshe, he never went back to his tent, again a euphemism. That's why, after Har Sinai, Moshe Rabbeinu uh, left his wife, and all earthly things that are like having a wife, and his mind was attached to the, the shelter, the eternal shelter to God, and this splendor, this brightness, this clarity that he had never left him. The consequence, he had some sort of a biological effect. Everyone who saw him could see that his face was shining in some way. And distinguished himself to be like one of the angels. Hanavi. <clears throat> There is two kinds of prophecies. One prophecy could be for informing the prophet about matters that are of his own personal interest. So a prophet is trying to investigate the limits of understanding. He reaches a certain point. He reaches a point of human understanding. He doesn't know what happens after the subatomic particles. He doesn't know, and he gets this nevoah. The nevoah could be some sort of a divinely inspired understanding that leads him to increase his own knowledge. 
ואפשר שישולח לעם מעמי הארץ או לאנשי העיר וממלכה, לבונן אותם ולהביאם מה יעשו. It could also be of the social kind. The Nebuah could be with a message directed to a certain society, civilization, city, kingdom, to enlighten them and show them what they should do. או למנוע אותם ממעשים הרעים שבידיהם, או to prevent them from continuing certain bad behaviors. וכשמשלחין אותו נותנים לו אות ומופת כדי שידעו העם שהאל שלחו באמת. And as he receives this latter kind of נבואה, as he receives this prophecy, this message for this group of people, he will also be invested with some kind of a supernatural sign that he could use in order to show to people that he is truly an avis. So for example, in this נבואה he could also be told something that's going to happen in the future, so that when he comes with the message of what people should do, He should also show them that what he's saying comes from a true vision as proven by what he saw about the future that everyone can then prove or disprove. But not everyone who comes and does and has a sign or knows the future, we believe, we, we, we take it uh, as fact that he is a prophet. It needs to be that we first have some sort of a basis to believe that this person was at all that this person was what we described before. He was someone who was extremely wise, he was someone who was extremely disciplined, he was someone who knew everything that there is to know about only a person like that If they come with a sign and say that they have a vision, maybe we'll believe him. But if a homeless person in Manhattan is screaming out of his lungs that tomorrow is going to rain and it rains, this doesn't mean that the person is a Navi. So we know his reputation precedes him that he's uh, above and beyond his years. has a reputation of being worthy of Nebuah, and then comes and does a sign, then we are commanded to listen to what he has to say. As it said, to this kind of person, we should listen. It's also possible that the person does a sign, he brings about something that seems to us supernatural, and yet he's not a prophet. And there is something beyond what meets the eye in that which this person has done. Think David Copperfield or David Blaine or any of the other illusionists, they do things which some people might think are otot, but there is always an explanation to them. And even though, even though when someone does a sign, There is always a possibility that this sign is just an illusion and is not something that comes from God. If the person, again, has a reputation of being worthy of having Nebuah, another footnote, Masechet Sukkah, Daf Kafhet, page 28, describes uh, 20 of the 80 students of Hillel Hazaken as being worthy of receiving Shekhinah. So the explanation there, uh, this, by the way, is an allusion to that Gemara. The explanation there 
is that uh, these 20 elite students of Hillel Hazaken that comprised what we know as the Beit Hillel, they, if they came and did an ought, if they came with a sign, we'd believe them, we'd take them at their word. So, because this person has this reputation of being capable of, 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 being, of being worthy of Nebuah, then when such a person comes and does a, a, a sign, like one of the elite 20 students of Hillel Hazaken, we believe him and not because we are 100% sure that the sign is true, we'll never be 100% sure, but this is what the Torah says. The Torah says, the same Torah that said uh, you should not eat pork, tells you if a person who is worthy of Nebuah comes and tells you something after having a sign, listen to them. Meaning, if this person tells you eat pork, we will eat pork this moment. Why? Because the same Torah that tell, told, us, told us not to eat pork told us to believe this kind of person. Just like we have this procedural tool of establishing facts by the testimony of two witnesses, although there is always a possibility that these two witnesses might be lying. It's not that we are trying to find the truth, we are trying to follow the procedures that Torah gave us. And about these things is what the Torah said, Hanistarot Ladonai Elohenu, Vihaniglot Lanulbanen, when Moshe Rabbeinu signs the the ratification of the covenant right before coming into Israel, Parashat Nisavim, he says, and don't worry guys, what I'm asking of you is to do what you can know, what you can be aware of. Don't be thinking of the things that you'll never know. So Arabah said, this is one example of what Moshe was referring to. We do what we have access to. So we, we know that this person is worthy of Nebuah. This person gave us a right sign. We'll never know if this person is lying or not lying, but that's for God. That is Nistarot. That is beyond what we should try to know. It's also said that Tanakh recognizes that man can only see with his eyes, and it's only God that can see what really lies in the hearts of people. So we are going to start now the second class.